All right, now we're recording. Anyway, so yeah, the weather. But it was really nice this past weekend because we were camping Friday evening through Monday morning. And the weather ended up being really, really nice. So almost too warm at night, but uh, but it was overall very pleasant. Nice. So you and Jeremy? Yeah, so he and I were there the whole time. And then I picked up Hawken from his camp on Saturday, or we did, on Saturday. And then Hawken was there through the rest of the time. And then uh, a couple of Vienna's friends came up uh, for, uh, let's see here, Sunday uh, mid-morning through, or late morning through uh, Monday morning. Nice. We basically did one night. Jeremy and I did Hawkins. three. Hawkins did two. <laughs> was Hawkins friend out there? No, he uh, he had a uh, like a, a Saturday flight or whatever. So it was just talking. So that's what you did for Fourth of July camping over the weekend. Pretty much, we came back and there was like a cookout thingy at Vienna's place, and then after you I know mean, we had burgers and hot dogs and whatnot, and then after that we came back. Well, Jeremy Hawkins and I came back to be at my place so that we could watch the fireworks at the off the horizon, which actually ended up being very nice. Uh, there was, you know, a, a bunch of shows, some really good sound <laughs> uh, ones. And it was, it actually worked out well. And then they both, well, I dropped off Hawken this morning and uh, Jeremy left a little bit before that. So. Nice. So, yeah. So today I'm very uh, low energy, tired. <laughs> Yeah. catching up on stuff because the first night did not get much sleep at all combination of too hot getting used to being on the ground again et cetera, et cetera. and then the next night i slept decent and the final night I actually slept very well i only woke up a couple few times but you still you just you're out outside from before dawn until after sunset all day every day and so you're active, you're working on this, working on that, whatever. So yeah, long, long days, um, which was obviously fun and awesome why I was there, um, but tiring nonetheless. So, so yeah. Uh, what did you do this weekend? Did you do anything interesting? Well, you sent me that photo. Yeah, that was just, at, that was actually just at James's place. Um, got a pretty nice view off his backyard. So yeah um i had a friend in town so i spent some time with him pretty normal weekend i uh, didn't really do anything for the fourth I played sports i uh, went to church barbecue and then finished it off by smoking a cigar with a friend from frisbee so nice i didn't watch the fireworks or anything though I went to bed pretty early so okay okay yeah yeah it was um I think we got to bed around 10.30 last night. Yeah, that's when I went to bed. We were, we were dragging. <laughs> but anyway, okay. Well, that's, I mean, hey, barbecue sounds nice. Yeah, it's good. Well, how's, um, how's, well, let's see here. How's work going? Good. Yeah, nothing, 
nothing special. Are you gonna get the uh, stand thing I sent you? Yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was gonna look at like getting some sort of like mic, maybe. I'm sure they've got some sort of outdoor mic set up for an iPhone or something like that. So you might be able to do a lapel mic because you're still on your phone. That might be the solution. I'm not totally sure, but probably. the solution is to get people to listen so that we can invest. Yeah, yeah I know. I uh, I have to. I'm going to slow down on my other podcast because. I don't have any incoming money and I don't, I can't spend money on um, paying my, uh, paying the editor. <laughs> so this, uh, this will have to be the sustaining one. I got like four ish more rejections over the weekend. <laughs> Job rejections. Yeah. Including one that was an active conversation versus, you know, I just applied and was hoping to hear back. Um. And, but then Thursday, I think it was Thursday morning, Thursday or Friday morning, Friday morning, I woke up to somebody having reached out to me about a job uh, on front through one of the, you know, job platforms or whatever I'm on. And that was a first. So I have a interview set up for tomorrow morning. So we'll see how that goes. It would be remote. It nice. would be basically running the operations for a department, the main department within this company, they do construction permitting and stuff. Um, and actually might be kind of cool and interesting and sort of fit my background. So we'll see what happens. I got to do, you know, more prep and whatnot, but that's tomorrow morning. So that's cool. Yeah. At least it's uh, something, but, but yeah, the whole condo thing has been a total kerfuffle. Because Jan, the you know manager or whatever, just like the HOA contact person, mm -hmm. um, she she's kind of a piece of work. Uh, and my solution has just been I just avoid interaction unless I have to. Uh, but she's all upset because um, she feels like you know me moving is getting jumped on her, even though I gave proper notice and so then she like reported to the HOA board or whatever that we had a like a lockbox for the key on the lockbox area that wasn't you know wasn't approved by the board so it's going to be removed by x date so like now I have to go dig into my lease and figure out what the or not the lease the HOA agreement that I signed and figure out exactly what the deal is which she could have just you know mentioned via email or phone call or whatever the heck but um HOAs so, are the worst. Yeah, this is definitely the, the last HOA. <laughs> as far as hey, I... Uh, the last and only HOA. HOA. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So, anyway. But, yeah. Just definitely... Uh, that whole leak thing was such a pain. Because so, now I have to contact the owner of the condo above me. Hopefully he will, without any issue, give me his insurance contact information. And then I assume I have to provide some sort of, you know, information to them. And then hopefully I don't know what they'll approve or what they'll require in terms of cost for fixing the ceiling. Because I actually need it for both the dishwasher leak a few weeks ago and now this one that, you know, I recently spotted or identified. 
Um, so, you know, it's like the exact opposite of what I, you know, would like to be doing. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, my um, not really comparative, but I've been having a little bit of trouble with my car. It's functioning fine, but oh yeah, I, it had the noises or whatever. I had the noises, and the most concerning noise went away, which was the grating sound from slowly accelerating. So that was good, and that was the fuel I needed to be putting premium in it, not regular. So oh, premium unleaded. Um, so it has the right octane levels, so there's no pre detonation. So that's good, but I, but my brakes are still making sounds and I am hearing this bubbling popping sound coming from the engine bay on a cold start, um, every morning and it goes away the rest of the day, but every morning it's there. Um, so, and I, and I had this appointment set up to have it looked at, at least have my brakes looked at. And then I was going to confirm a few days after I had ran it on premium that this other sound wasn't related to the fuel. And then I called this morning and I talked to this guy and he was just, he was giving me a hard time and he ended up like canceling my appointment and basically not helping me at all because these types of these specific noises weren't, aren't covered under my warranty or whatever. And was, kind of rude to me which was fun um so now i have to be like well do i want to just give the car back or do i want to go have a mechanic look at these things so i ended up deciding that they seem small enough issues that i'm gonna have just i'm gonna take it into a shop and have them check it out because mm -hmm. if it's not serious and it's not expensive to fix i mean the dealership told me it was a clean car it has a clean record it's running well and it's functioning well. They don't seem like serious issues. So I'm hoping that it's a headache I don't have to deal with, but we'll see. And then if it is a bigger issue, then you just return the car. Yeah. That makes sense. But I don't really want to return the car because that's another hassle in and of itself. Yeah, totally. <sighs> so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Uh. But I was pretty mad about the way that guy was talking to me. Yeah, I was I trying it, to I kept it together on the phone, but, like, I was pissed off. Yeah, I kind of had the same response with uh, the HOA gal. Because I was trying to – like, I'm a good – I am a good owner, tenant, whatever. You know, sure. I don't okay. cause any issues. <laughs> I'm one of the cleanest people in this entire community, you know. I'm also one of the nicest. It's just like, this is stupid, right? And I was trying to decide, you know, should I just go on the war path? Because, you know, it's not like I don't have stuff I can go one right down the list of. Um, and so I, my intention is not to do that as much as, because I think it's kind of a waste of time and energy. Um, unless like things just get totally out of hand or ridiculous. Um, but if I do that, then I want to make sure that I, it's done in a really succinct and, you know, legally accountable way versus just like, you know, sending an angry letter or going down there to talk to her or something stupid. Um, 
and that, that yeah. you know also make sure everything's documented and counted against whatever agreements are and whatnot which is ridiculous you shouldn't have to be that militant about things but uh, it's necessary sometimes and it would be fine if it was any other circumstances or time in my life when you know i didn't have to deal with it personally slash didn't have you know a lot of other things on my mind but you know sure yeah that makes sense here i am it, yeah i like the i mean i don't think the idea of an hoa is it's not a bad idea it's just they need to structure it so that it's less controlling when it should have like one piece of paper with all the rules on it you know not yeah. binders of information yep yeah and just and you can just make stuff readable and searchable you know i'm getting like a 2007 powerpoint which is like the hoa guidance or whatever we need to hire jeremy to litigate for you if i had money i would <laughs> i may get rained on here just so you know okay yeah it's well i know you got right a now. you got a jet in what half hour um what time is it now 4 30 now yeah 7 30 or 8 30 your time so you have about an hour mm -hmm. okay all right sounds good well, did you have any interesting thoughts or come across any interesting content or anything this past week? No, this week was pretty, pretty, uh, or last week, I guess, was pretty uh, uneventful. Um, I didn't really absorb too much content. Um, it was also kind of hectic with helping mom and dad move and frisbee extra frisbee and all that so mm -hmm. gotcha what, what about yeah you? i mean well mine was sort of chopped up just because when i going camping and stuff i didn't obviously wasn't i forgot a i forgot to bring my books and then b you know right, limited service etc you know you're not sitting there watching stuff and whatnot um yeah not that one would want to be on their phone anyway but um so yeah so it was a little bit shorter one one interesting uh conversation i had ended up actually being kind of a follow-up from or i guess a tag on to what we talked about last week in terms of the uh i think it was last week the the joking um yeah. And like, what does, uh, you know, or I guess that was two weeks ago. What's like, what's your take on jokes um, was the, the note. Um, because, you know, there were a few different, you know, mixed party uh, environments over the course of the last, you know, weekend or whatever. And there were, you know, generally jokes uh, sometimes it, well, uh, of a sexual nature at times and whatnot. And they always make, in, especially in mixed company, they always make me kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and it's just, I would rather just not go there. Um, but, it, but it's also fine to be that sort of person, right? And I think there's a qualitative difference between being the sort of person that doesn't, 
doesn't change their behavior based on the people around them simply for the sake of changing your behavior and, and, and whatnot. And being the sort of person that, you know, uh, being the sort of person that makes those sort of jokes is the person that you are. Right. And I think, again, it, there's nothing wrong with it necessarily um, in and of itself. It's, I feel like, you know, is that the sort of entity that you want to be um, essentially known as is, is part of it. And so, um, so yeah, there were some interesting circumstances that had me thinking further on that. And feeling like, you know, certainly in our, in the general culture, it's a very common thing, but I don't find it in mixed company, particularly in particular, I don't find it very, uh, well, I don't find it very chivalrous generally from the dude side of things. And then I don't find it very appealing or attractive or um, uh, what's a good, I don't personally find it, I'll praise it. I don't personally find it very appealing or attractive when it's the opposite sex. Um, so on both sides, different, you know, flavors, but kind of the same, like, eh, not really a fan. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was more reinforcement of the general conversation that we had than anything else. But, but it also kind of raised the issue of, you know, are there times and, or what is the time and the place to say something versus just move on with your life? You know, do you take the initiative and it's saying something when you have an issue with how someone you know is acting, right? Versus being like, that's the person they want to be, you know, um, you know, that's up to them. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was interesting to navigate a little bit, but, but I, I ended up kind of taking a, well, in as much as I was related um, to an aspect of it, of the circumstance or circumstances, I guess, I ended up taking more of a kind of a questioning route and expressing surprise versus simply going, hey, I feel like this is, you know, something mm -hmm. I would, you know, something I would like to speak to you about. Um, because I wasn't even sure that I wanted to approach, you know, it's not even that I felt that way necessarily, but I also felt that it was a wiser and hopefully more um, mutual, mutually positive and supportive way of approaching it. And again, it's more complicated than what I'm talking about or than everything I'm going into, but um, but that ended up being the strategy that I took. And I, I think it actually ended up going well. So, but yeah, it, it's uh, unnecessary. Mm. But anyway, uh, all right. So one of the things from last week that we didn't get a chance to talk about was, so I was watching a deer meat for dinner a few weeks ago. And he was, or was I watching it or listening to a podcast, but he did. I don't remember. But basically, he was talking about this idea of 
you know, if you're going fishing, and I think is what he was doing in this case, is like, this is what you're here for. And I really liked that quote <laughs> because I thought that it properly reminds or properly reminded me of two things or properly properly brought to mind two things. One is when you're engaging in something, whether it's Frisbee or reading your book or doing your job or whatever it is, being reminded of the fact that that's what you're here for, right? So dig in, embrace, and get what you can out of it versus having a reluctant attitude versus having a mundane attitude versus having a whiny attitude or a loser attitude or whatever it may be. And then the other thing that uh, it prompted was the consideration or in reinforcement of something we've talked about many times, which is being intentional about the things that you're doing, right? Because they're there for you're in those circumstances for a reason, whether it's externally stimulated or personally stimulated. And you have the opportunity to uh, get a lot out of it and to be intentional about it versus kind of, you know, being on the fishing boat in Rob's case and not getting much out of it, kind of having a ho-hum life perspective about it, going home, watching a movie, having a ho-hum perspective about it, going home, interacting with your family, your friends, having a ho-hum perspective about it versus saying, no, this is what I'm here for. I'm going to dig in and, and, and essentially embrace and pursue uh, in as much as possible in the environment and the circumstances that you're in, a something that's rich, meaningful, and fulfilling. And uh, and I like that uh, because it's something that I've personally struggled with a lot in the last few months, right? Uh, as we've talked about, just this, you know, limbo mode, applying to jobs, not coming across anything, not finding anything, not, you know, getting rejected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not being in the position, like, I don't want to be living here. I would like to have moved to Texas many months ago at this point uh, and setting up kind of a, a life down there that I had, I have a vision for myself and, and a few other things like that. And, but if I'm just, again, if I'm just sitting on the couch, then I'm not living a, a rich and fulfilled life. And it might not be as rich and fulfilled as I, my vision, you know, down in Texas with a job, et cetera, <laughs> might be. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's devoid of, of depth and it's devoid of, uh, of character building. It's devoid of maturity or anything along those lines. It can be much harder um, and, and whatnot. But that was something that, that I thought a, a fair bit about. And I even tried to apply it when I was camping. So, you know, there was part of the time where I was thinking about uh, applying to jobs and, you know, getting on job boards and doing, you know, just cranking stuff out. And then there was another part of me that was, you know, trying to remind myself, hey, you know, enjoy the greenery of the leaves around you, which was, you know, it was a beautiful camping spot. Enjoy the awesomeness of this lake that we went to and enjoy swimming around versus you know just sitting on the side and thinking you know oh, i shouldn't really be here i don't want to be here i want to be applying to jobs and oh, oh, oh no 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 and so anyway i don't know if you have any reflections on that or thoughts on that but that was definitely something that 
st- has stood out to me the last couple of weeks. And I was particularly thinking of uh, when, when camping. Certainly something that applies to my work life. I do, I have to do a lot of things that are mundane. I don't want to do, but I have to remind myself that it's what needs to be done and it's what I need to focus on. And it's uh, my responsibility. So how do you remind yourself to have that mentality? Well, I wouldn't say that I employ any sort of strategy. It's more of a conscious effort that I have to make um, based off how I'm feeling in the moment while completing said mundane work. Um, Oftentimes I'll be doing something and I wish I was doing something else or wish that I had something else to work on. And I just have to remind myself, well, this is what needs to be done. This is what's in front of you. This is what you're responsible for. So take care of it. Um, Regardless of how productive you feel you're being or (laughs) how smart you think, you know, you're being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one of the, I suppose to express some frustration with life. It's one of the things that I've been a little upset with um, and even like a little bit angry at because, and I don't think this is unique to me, um, but you know, I want to live a life that I love living (laughs) and I keep sliding down this chair. Um, And I want to be super engaged with everything in my life. And I want to be doing things because I enjoy doing them, not just because I have to put one in front of the other. I don't want to have to always be strategizing and make, you know, it's about mentality. It's about mentality, about mentality. That is, it's exhausting and it's very wearing. And I don't know if the answer to that is to some extent, which we've expressed in the past, to say, I enjoy the mentality piece of it. But there's a big part of me that wants to be able to just enjoy a cigar for the sake of enjoying the cigar versus, and you know, enjoying the cigar because it means I'm not having to sit in front of a computer for a little bit and work on job applications, um, for instance. And I don't know that I, I don't know that I know the solution to that um, frustration. And, and part of it is, to be fair, part of it is, you know, I'm sure there's an element of it that's, you know, it's just a season. And that being said, I don't know why that season has to be the case. And I don't know why you can't live a consistently fulfilled life, um, right? And joyful, I don't know if joyful is quite the right term, right? But excited life relative to what you enjoy and are interested in. And the answer is, right, well, or the, the proverbial commentary is, well, it's just, you know, being adult, living in the real world. But, um, but I still feel like there's a missing piece when it comes to, I don't know that the answer of living in the real world has to equate to or be equal to living and or operating in, uh, in such a way that you aren't fully invested in your current situation and you aren't 
uh, interested and excited about your situation or at least elements of it. Um, so I guess the question is, is, or the question would be is why do those phases happen? And I don't know why they happen um, because supposedly or apparently in theory, they happen to everyone. Uh, <laughs> and no one, I, you know, no one likes to be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they happen. I definitely feel like, I mean, I do feel that way all the time. Like something is missing. Uh, you know, I think about just, I mean, I haven't even worked this job a year and I'm already like, all right, what's next? You know, um, you know, I want more. Um, but like last I worked as a construction assistant for a year. And when I started that job, it was my first full-time job and I was all in, I was ready to go. And then even just a couple of weeks in, I was like, okay, I've kind of got this figured out. Um, and then I had to do the same thing every day for a year. And I learned a couple of things here and there and there were, you know, better days than others, but I, I was certainly wasn't satisfied with that job. Um, but I, I was satisfied when I first got it. And I was happy about it. Um, and then I, I, and I only had to work it for a year. You know, lots of people have to work jobs they hate for 10 years or 15 years and then they find something that they want to do. Right. So yeah. Um, in a sense, I'm not complaining, obviously it was still a good job. And I would have worked it for however long I needed to, but I wasn't satisfied and I certainly wasn't fulfilled by it. And then I got this job and it was a huge step up and I really enjoyed doing it and learning and, I have certainly enjoyed doing it as well, but now I'm in a period of time where it's like, okay, I can do more. What more should I be doing? Um, what more do I want to be doing? And I don't really have a good answer. Um, but it seems like it's been sort of a revolving door where it's like, well, I go in satisfied and I come out unsatisfied and then I go in satisfied and it keeps, seems like it's just up and down. And maybe that's just, Part of that's just the way, obviously, the natural course of life and living life. But um, I don't know. Because I know that I know what I'm building towards and working for. And but like with each step upwards, if I'm just going to be unsatisfied. What's the you know, point? What's the point? Because I know that having more, you know, I'm. I don't know exactly what plan God has for me, but, you know, I keep moving upwards, right. I'm going to have more money. I'm going to have more material things, right. I'm going to have a bigger impact in the lives around me, et cetera, et cetera. But are those things, gonna, you know, more money is not going to make me happy. You know, a nicer car is not going to make me happy. Uh, owning a huge home or multiple homes or being a millionaire and real estate investor. Like those are, worthy things to pursue if you have the right mindset but those aren't going to truly make me happy um so i wonder like as i've taken steps upward you know what if i do reach those points and i'm just like I'm, and i'm un i'm still unsatisfied right mm -hmm. where am i supposed to go after that yeah well and i and i i think the natural the next natural question is at least from a religious standpoint would be well what does the bible have to say about that <laughs> um right. and 
yeah well it's like i know what to like i know what to value in life and i know what's important but those things don't make me feel the right way yeah well that's that was a bad way to phrase it those things don't make me feel happy or fulfilled even though i know logically yes this is what's important this is what i should value Mm -hmm. but that doesn't correlate to my emotions so and i don't know if there is a way to correlate that to your emotions or if you just have to push through every time it hits you yeah i forgot i was going to keep this to myself but it was something that made me happy and i was going to keep it to myself just because i didn't want to go about i didn't want at any at any level the point to be about something i did <laughs> Um, but something like the one thing that brought me like the most, made me just generally, genuinely happy. Like I genuinely smiled, um, after was, it was later at night, but I don't know, a week or so ago, whatever it was. And I went to the Seven Eleven down on the corner down there and there was a, a, a gentleman who, you know, was, you know, out of work or whatever it was. And he was opening the door for everyone who went into 7-Eleven and he had a little spray bottle and rag. And he was, he would ask them, Hey, can I, uh, do you mind if I, uh, you know, wash your windshield or whatever? And when I walked in, I said, Oh no, it's, I'm all good. Uh, it's, you know, I just cleaned it or whatever, or I just had had a thunderstorm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, it's all clean. Thanks, man. Um, but I was in there and he had a really normally people in those sort of circumstances kind of have a, I don't know, a bad vibe, <laughs> but he actually had a really nice vibe to him. And I thought I was, you know, I, I basically was internally, I decided I wanted to do something. And so I had like, you know, $10 in cash or something. And so I gave it to my I, gave it to him on my way out. And I said, Hey, like watch, watch the, watch the next person's for free. And as I was, he was like, okay, we'll do, um, you know, that's exactly, yeah, totally. Well, no problem. And as I was getting ready to pull out, he said, now I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> uh, and I said, uh, as I pulled away, I rolled down the window and I was like, I know that that's, I could tell that, that you're the sort of person that would, that's why I did it. Um, and so, and then just driving home after, you know, driving up the deal or whatever, I was, I was just, I don't know, that made me happy in a way that I haven't been happy or hadn't felt happiness in that, like genuinely versus like some sort of external stimulant or whatever. And, and actually I talked, talked about this a little bit, you know, you don't have to give, get happiness by giving people money or something, but I I uh, I had a podcast with uh, a gal named Haley, who we've talked about a little bit, um, and I had her on my Strategos podcast, and the episode will go out this Thursday. But she is the executive. She has a full time job, and then she's also the executive director for a foundation that supports blind kids in Sierra Leone. And basically we were talking about the fact that there might be something to, you know, rather than there's something very fulfilling in, in helping others. 
and in um, in supporting others. And we talked about the fact that there's maybe something to rather than being depressed on your couch for an extra two hours a day or whatever, find a way to, you know, uh, go volunteer at something or whatever it might be, um, you know, volunteer at a homeless shelter. You know, there's plenty of things you can do, plenty of people that need help. And so I, I don't know if that it might be a helpful part of filling the missing piece, because I know that a lot of my perspective has to do on, on the on the subject generally has to do with I'll feel satisfied when I get to you know level 100 of the vision that's in my head right right and that's kind of what you're talking about but the question still remains how do I I'm not happy with being unsatisfied up until that point so you know, I think the, I think proverbially or commonly, not proverbially, uh, commonly, the answer to that is to just put yourself into work and kind of shut down the part of your soul that's crying for, you know, life. Um, and so you just work 80 hours a week, you're too distracted to do anything else. That's all you do. Which, I mean, I couldn't do that even right now, even if I wanted to, but um, right, that's one answer. Uh, another answer is to go, you know, getting uh, drinking and partying and sex or whatever it might be different form of distraction. And then there is the um, essentially where you just stop uh, engaging with that aspect altogether. You just kind of run away from it because you don't like how it makes you feel. And I feel like I, 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 my feeling is that it is a betrayal of who I am and who I want to be to run away from that feeling. Because I want to be fueled by that feeling of unsatisfaction because I want it to be a motivator for who I am. But I'm not, you know, but then I still have the problem of not being satisfied. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so maybe there's something to that, uh, figuring out how to execute on some things that bring satisfaction, even if they're random, you know. Don't nest, maybe you don't have to go volunteer, you know, hand money out to everybody or whatever, money that you don't, you don't really have to whoever um, all the time, but maybe at least try it once, right? See what happens. Um, and maybe use that as a, as a booster almost. Hmm. Because, you know, my vision is 15 plus years out. And like, as in, you know, level 100 is 15, 20 years out. And, you know, I mean, at this rate, I'm not going to make any, you know, it's ever moving other, other, ever further out, um, or at least that's how it feels. But, but yeah, it kind of, it prompts, I don't know, but those are some of the thoughts that I have. So my thought about level 100 is you still won't be, fulfilled or happy or satisfied that is the concern but again the question so the either way you get back to the question of okay well then how do you find and live a satisfied life and it's not just having friends it's not just having distractions i don't think it's just having a family it it it, it literally as far as i can tell 
cannot be anything physical um, in and of itself. Because I, I, I think the answer has to be tied to some sort of spiritual some form of some form super, of selflessness. At least. Selflessness. Yep. And, and, and something and, and spiritual, because, you know, I don't know how anything physical could just you know, make you happy. As far as I've been able, I've experienced and been able to see relative to how, what other people experience. So yeah, that definitely has to be spiritual for sure. Yeah. So then you circle back to the question, well, am I not being spiritual enough? Am I not reading the Bible enough? Am I not praying enough? Am I not, uh, right. <laughs> um, and maybe the answer is just always yes to that. If you're feeling unsatisfied, uh, I don't know. I really don't think there's a way to live consistently. I, I don't know if there's a way to live consistently in your emotions in order to feel that way yep so then i guess it would come back to balance between mentality and emotion because we do have emotions for a reason right that's the other thing of you know maybe this is a good way to approach it um but it's we do have emotions and our emotions are good they are fundamental part of who we are some of them are good well i'm saying to be emotional right and maybe there's something to be said for engaging in an activity whatever it may be and then asking yourself how does that make me feel emotionally and then bifurcating from there is, you know, if I'm feeling poorly, is that because of other things in my life that are not allowing me to be satisfied? Or is that because this thing in and of itself is not satisfying? And then if it's, you know, neither one of those is particularly helpful, then there's maybe then the bifurcation, which is the second piece being, okay, I need to just alter my mentality. And how do you alter mentality? You know, banging your head against a wall. <laughs> um, because I, I do think that part of the reason that so many people feel unsatisfied is they don't feel like they are engaging in action. I know that that's what makes me feel unsatisfied when I'm not in the thick of it. And again, the, the variation on the theme will be different for different personalities and different sorts of people. So this is just, you know, talking about ours, but maybe there's some principles that can be um, withdrawn and applied to different personalities. But, and that's where part of the mentality piece comes in, right? Do I feel better when I stay on my couch versus when I go exercise? Do I feel better when I stay on my couch versus when I, get five applications out do i feel better when i you know stay on my couch or instead of starting and writing the newsletter that i'm supposed to be writing for chosen candle um you know there's a lot of things like that and i can't you know there's a certain there's a certain feeling of like you know tsunami 
where it's you get to the point where there's you know there's a hundred things that I should be doing that I need to be doing, you know, a few of which I just named. And I feel like I feel that I'm just completely out of juice. Last week I felt just out of juice, just totally toast. And I tried to rejuvenate by you know watching YouTube or you know whatever it was. Um, and you know getting away from trying to get job applications out and whatever it was and at this but what happened right i mean i ended up going camping which was you know a three four day thing um you know pre-planned but other you know setting that aside a little bit do i did my lack of juice and my endeavor to uh you know add some fuel add some fuel back in the tank actually move the needle and actually make me feel better and actually give me the juice or you know is going camping for instance and chopping a bunch of wood and sweating like a pig <laughs> uh you know did that make me feel more rejuvenated what i felt more rejuvenated on wednesday two days before i left right on wednesday if i had gotten 10 applications out and would I feel better on Tuesday today if I had gotten those things done last week versus feeling that I'm behind the eight ball this week? And that's a, there's a certain level to that where, which I suppose is related to both mentality, but mentality as it pertains to what taking action in order to impact your emotions next week. Where, so if I had had that perspective and I had taken more action Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever of last week, today, for instance, I might have been feeling less, uh, you know, less overwhelmed, less tired, less um, beat up by all the things that I needed to be doing. So maybe there's something to be said for considering your emotions a week from now versus considering your emotions and feelings, et cetera, of today or the moment. Right. Well, I definitely think that's part of it because you may take an action that makes you feel fulfilled and joyful in the moment, and then you take that same action a week later and you're not going to get the same feeling, the same hormonal release, right? Yeah. But you, but that action still needs to be taken regardless of how you feel. Um, so. Yeah. So there's a certain there's a but there's still a piece of it. There's certain aspects of feeling pain in order to feel pleasure, right? Yes, but I still think that the principle uh, still plays out because if last week you had not done the mundane things that you should be doing at your job, this week I think you would have felt double negative because you would have continued to feel an you know, sad feelings, um, annoyed feelings or uh, despondent feelings about the mundane. And then you also would have the added burden of having not done them and knowing that and having that emotionally affect you and kind of adding building blocks of emotional despondency, essentially. So I think yeah, that, that's very you know, true. So, so, so how do you not feel despondent? I don't think there's a way to not feel despondent. <laughs> well, I think the theory would be, or the application would be, it doesn't, 
matter, relatively speaking, if you feel despondent today, in order to not feel extra despondent last next week, you need to get these things done. Or tomorrow, you need to get these things done today. And which circles back to you know what we've talked about in terms of just engaging in action as being necessary. And maybe there's an element, an additional element in terms of, right, we can talk about the tactical things of, you know, hey, well, if you're not making progress today, you're not preparing yourself for tomorrow. And if you're not setting yourself, working hard and setting yourself up for opportunities today, then you're, you know, not going to be able to be in a position to receive them or take advantage of them in the future. But that doesn't really, um, there's an ad, or I guess then there's an added emotional component to it. Whereas if you're not taking action today and you're not moving forward and you're not putting one foot in front of the other, then you are also setting yourself up to be additionally or more so uh, emotionally despondent next week. So it's, it's not just about mental framing and habit forming. It's also emotionally setting yourself up to be emotionally in a better place uh, in, you know, in the future. Still a circular function there. Well, yeah, it is circular. That's true. But it's circular in a linear uplifting <laughs> way. Yeah. Versus just being in a cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you've made it a way of life. So, but it's, uh, it's, it's still, it's still a, a process whether you're at level 100 or level one. Yeah. I think. Uh, thus far, it seemeth so. <laughs> I was, uh, I saw this tweet. And the it's ages of found of the founding fathers in 1776, and it's not all of them. It's just a list, which is obviously cherry picked. But James Monroe was 18, Aaron Burr was 20, John Marshall was 20, Alexander Hamilton was 21, James Madison was 25, Benjamin Rush was 30, John Jay was 30. Thomas Jefferson was 33. Thomas Paine was 39. No John Adams? I, I don't know. He, well, I think because he was probably a little bit older and they were highlighting the youth of some of them. But I, Yeah, no, that's, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's freaking cool. And I think the, I mean, I think there are two things to that one is that you know you still have time neither of us are 30 or 33 or 39 right a uh but also i mean i guess you're about to be 20 right you're not neither of us are 18 and so there's a hey there's still time left which you know i hate that uh <laughs> and then b there's never time left yeah <laughs> and then b there's also the uh the principle of Hey, these guys were doing something off the rip. You know, we can be doing stuff off the rip. And to be fair, right, they engaged in this whole milieu of 
aggression and you know it wasn't uh peace wasn't exactly signed on july 5th <laughs> 1776 they went through six years of war uh, against the you know the greatest military power at the time so which obviously was distracted it wasn't all focused on america but still or the americas i guess at the point anyway um the united yeah. states I I watched uh, uh, Cassie's reaction to well, it's Cassie and Carly uh, reaction to the Patriot mm-hmm. today because they posted it. Um, I think it was yesterday, but anyway, it was a really good reaction. Uh, but are you a fan of the movie? Not really, but watching it through their eyes, I was like, oh man, <laughs> uh, it's not my favorite fine but that's not as amazing in my opinion as everyone makes it out to be i think braveheart um but yeah watching it through their eyes i mean i was definitely tearing up and it it was it i'm i'm going off the reaction versus necessarily the movie but either way it was such a good reminder of people being faced with black and white circumstances right you're either for the you know the uh rebellion or you're for the king and there was really no in between in a lot of ways and having to say i as a 40 year old father am gonna go take my musket and get in line i as a 17 18 16 year old boy am gonna grab my hatchet and, you know, run, you know, head to camp and leave behind mothers, sisters, wives, fiancés, daughters. And not that they didn't, the, the, the women also didn't make sacrifices, but obviously the movie's focused on Mel Gibson's character mostly. Um, right. And that's a big, that's such a big deal. It's a huge deal. And we're not being, we're not faced with those sorts of circumstances. Uh, we live, you know, here I am jobless, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm, you know, watching fireworks from my balcony and, you know, haven't missed a meal yet. The most comfortable um, life that anyone has could live pretty much. Yeah, it's Americans. possible Louis the Fourteenth has me beat, but, you know, <laughs> other than that. Yeah, not by much. <laughs> uh, you know, and and so... I, to a certain extent, I feel as if our black and white circumstances, our being us and anyone, everyone listening and everyone not listening, our black and white circumstances of people within our particular ilk or, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, our black and white circumstances are, am I going to make the most out of the life that I have and the life that I'm living, am I going to not fall prey to despondency? Am I, or and or depression, um, inaction, am I going to let that essentially be the black victor? Or am I going to steal myself against that? and steal myself for 
taking action, keeping my head up, putting one foot in front of the other and checking the tasks off, uh, et cetera. And I think it's, to a certain extent, it's probably, we look back on them, or at least I do, and I go, oh, it was probably easier when it was black and white. It's life or death. That's just, you know, so much easier. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm not being asked, you know, to, to go die. I'm not being, that's not the choice that I'm having to make. And I'm not having to walk away from my family, um, you know, and leave them in a cabin hoping they survive while I'm gone or who knows how long. I'm not leaving my crops and the thing that my family's, you know, surviving off of uh, to go fight in this war. And so I look at that circumstance and I, I feel like I, I raised two things. Well, it's always easier when it's, you know, just black and white and at this compared to what I'm facing, but a, what I'm facing is not actually as difficult and I'm sitting in a much more plush circumstance. And then B the second, you know, excuse, I suppose that I make or the excuse consideration that I have is well, they were more used to making those decisions because they lived a life much more closer to the dirt and the grittiness than I am. So it's easier to be a Spartan when you live in Sparta, right? It's easier to be a, um, uh, an American um, uh, rebel than, it, you know, when you're staring at the redcoats and you grew up hunting and, you know, hearing stories of Indian raids or whatever. Right. And that also, again, that's or not again, but the, you know, that itself is an excuse because just because I don't have that in my life, which I mean, I have that in my life significantly more than most people my age in our general um, society, but that's still not, a reasonable excuse and that doesn't actually um that's not an acceptable reason to slough off their cast off their the example and whatnot and the decisions they made um as not applicable or relevant or meaningful for my circumstances recognizing that truth though do you wish Pick your war, World War II, World War One, Civil War, um, American Revolution, et cetera. Do you, do you find yourself wishing that you were thrust, that, that you were one of those soldiers or you were one of those young men thrust into that so that your single objective was clear and present and that's all you thought about until you're untimely or timely death right yeah well i mean yes for sure which i mean to a certain extent i feel like hearkening back to the i don't know poem or whatever it was that i read last week there's you know the whole you know ah uh, death right there's the you know <laughs> there is hope because that represents a finality to the 
trauma and struggles that are, you know, that would, that weigh me down currently, for instance, and that would, you know, weigh me down in World War One as a soldier, or American Revolutionary War as a soldier, right? And so I think it's, uh, it's always tempting to, to be drawn to an act of heroism with the, um, with the outlet of, you know, of death, <laughs> because, right, we're in those circumstances, or, or with that being the case, you're, you know, it doesn't matter that you left your wife and child or fiance or whatever, your family, it doesn't matter because you're dead, right? And it, um, you know, it doesn't matter that you slept in the mud and got gangrene and, you know, foot rot and everything else. And, you know, we're sleeping next to rotting bodies and World War I trenches and whatever it might be, because you're dead. And so I think it's a, it's a very appealing, because it, it almost negates and takes away the utter misery and, and, and trauma, essentially, um, that I'm 100% sure, a comp, well, not even just 100% sure, that we know, a comp based on their letters and whatnot, that accompanied those men, um, for instance, while they were alive. So it's only nice and appealing post-fact. Here. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's only nice and appealing from our positions. Sure. And I'm sure in their, position, their positions, they would trade anything to have what we have. Exactly. Um, and, and it's not, at least for me, the temptation has nothing to do. Well, heroism is a nice little add on, but it's more of a, you don't have to deal with, <laughs> you, you don't have to deal with worrying about, Oh, am I happy or not? You know? Well, you're what not makes happy. Me happy? <laughs> yeah. Right. So you, you don't, you don't have to deal with that or question that or, you know, fulfillment or anything like that. Right. So, so the, the temptation to find that appealing is not has doesn't really have anything to do with it's it's almost a you know avoiding having to live life and <laughs> go through those questions and those emotions right yeah but again it, they were going through them as well so it's not yeah. that the circumstances actually changed right it's hence the, my temp it's a temptation not a yeah not an opinion or a worldview yep yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, what would you say is the takeaway? We've got to wrap this up. Give up. <laughs> no. Um, the takeaway, uh, take responsibility and take action and uh, ignore how you feel when you have to take responsibility and take action. And well, and I'll add to that and think about how you will feel if you don't take yes. that action, yeah. which yeah. is worse. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I'll add an additional takeaway, um, which is just that you're not alone. You and I are feeling the exact same things in different stages of life. And not that they don't have different flavors and whatever, um, but you're by no means alone. People, 
all around the world have felt this way throughout the course of history and are feeling this way even now. And likely, you know, there's plenty that are feeling it worse and some that might be feeling it better. And, uh, and you, can, you can feel it better. And the tools for that are what exactly what you were saying. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you to anyone and everyone tuning in and uh, listening to this, uh, this episode of Call of the Man. This is episode 10, Dees. Uh, and so we will be back again next Tuesday uh, in theory. It's the plan. And uh, we'll execute on that uh, given the uh, available opportunity. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Leave us a comment. Shoot me a DM. Information's down below. And we'll keep plugging away uh, right alongside you. All right. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs>